Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. afternoon welcome to techno gaze the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics gadgets and technology my name is mark hi mark <laughs> and with me in the studio today is uh Raina. hello hi Raina. there <laughs> and of course we also have michael hello <laughs> Wait, no giggling right <laughs> Why not? We're on a giggle diet. Yes. I, um, if it's like my other diets, there's going to be <laughs> lots of giggling. I'm getting people giving me signs outside of the studio window. I wonder why that is. Possibly because there was a little bit of silence. I'm, oh, everyone's gone having a go. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark, sorry, listeners. Sorry, it wasn't silence. It was time for reflection. That's <laughs> oh, bless. Um... So, loads of tech news today. There is a lot to talk about today, as always. As always, um, any any particular examples? <laughs> uh, well, we've all had a good look at the My Broadband website that uh, we talked about last week, yes. and found that maybe some of the numbers that it gives you are not the numbers that you get in your home. Aren't they marketing numbers? They probably are inflated for uh, for marketing. Um, we have also heard all about the new Samsung Galaxy S5. Mm. Sounds pretty exciting. And the, the new Galaxy Gear 2 that goes with it. That's right. And uh, the new uh, Ford operating system, so the infotainment system, might be running not on Microsoft software, as it does at the moment, but on BlackBerry. 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 The name sounds familiar. Yes. You're pretending like you don't know because you've been predicting BlackBerry's demise now for how long? Oh. And and you have a bet on her, don't you? Just a little bet, which <laughs> doesn't look into crash hotter than that. That's right. So plenty of those things um, coming up. Indeed. Now, if you want to contact us while... Uh, while we're here in the studio today, you can do so by texting us 0427-JOY949. You can email us on air at joy.org.au as well. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to contact us, I do believe, as well. Well, there's always uh, our Twitter account at Technogaze, T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E, that's if right. I spelled properly. Mm-hmm. I think that's covered all the all the contact methods, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the yes. main ones. We do like tweets as well during the week. If you're um, if you've got any ideas of a topic to uh, bring up on the following show, we can. Um, we're happy to just 
to accept suggestions via Twitter. Yeah, they would be good, actually. Hmm. Hmm. But shall we, shall we get on to the first, uh, first news item, which is the My Broadband website? We mentioned this last week, didn't we? Um, of we course. Did. We did. Malcolm Turnbull, our Minister for Communications, uh, was up on a, in, well, behind a podium, I guess, talking about uh, this lovely new website that he's uh, created. It's, it, it dovetailed with a report that was released by the government agency of what um, what uh, the current state of, of broadband today in Australia. Yeah, and what you can expect from uh, broadband performance in your area, whether it be ADSL, HFC, or if you're lucky enough to have NBN of one flavour or another. Mm. Or at least fibre, perhaps, of, of the fibre variety, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Which some people are lucky enough to have. Yes. Um, now, the um, My Broadband site was, was launched, uh, showing what types of internet access um, is available. Uh, and you, all you have to do is you, type, you only have to type in your address, right? That's right. You just chuck in your address and it tells you what sorts of broadband is available, how fast you can expect that broadband to be, and also gives you a little bit of a hint about your coverage for 4G mobile, which is actually kind of useful, mm. especially because I feel that sometimes when I look up telcos, things that maybe their 4G coverage is not my experience. Not quite accurate. Well, it turns out that maybe the uh, My Broadband site is uh, suffering from some of the same things with broadband anyway. Oh, really? Oh, dear. So, um, we did a bit of a test, didn't we? We did. So, And you can you can play along with us if you want as well. So, mybroadband.communications.com. Dot, dot gov, sorry, dot au is where it's at, and you can plug in your address or one near it if you are not feeling very comfortable with uh, giving it your real address. Funny you mention that, because I did use uh, a, an address just down the road from me. I was like, mm, I don't really want the government knowing that I'm mm. searching stuff about my own property. But maybe next door's so much faster than your place. <laughs> well... You know, you, you need to keep up with the Joneses, Mark. Well, yeah, that's the thing. With, with the map, it does actually show you the whole region. So you can sort of say, well, in the whole area, you can get this, you can get that or whatever. Um, although, of course, with cable, sometimes that depends on the street that you're in. Now, I'm lucky enough to live on a very long street. Um, but, for example, so when I plug in my address, which is in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, um, it, it shows me accurately there's no fibre to the premises in my suburb. Um, although there is one suburb over, um, there is uh, fibre coax, so you know Foxtel, uh, Optus HFC. cable, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, fibre to the node not available. I'm sure they want to change that, but uh, digital subscriber line is ADSL. So, mm. uh, and it also tells me that in terms of the quality, it gets a grade just like at school mm-hmm. of B for beautiful. Um, <laughs> the uh, the cable is an A for awesome, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I was wondering what A was going to be. <laughs> that's right. And the uh, the estimated median ADSL speed for your area is eighteen point six nine, based on the model speed for each house in your area. Not every house in your area will experience this speed. Blah blah blah. Mm. Your actual ADSL speed will probably be higher or lower than the median speed. And is yours higher? Mine is not. No. Is yours, Mark? No. Neither's mine. (laughs) That's right. Now, remember, median isn't necessarily average. It actually means median as in sitting in the middle. So of, of the statistical graph, right? That's right. And mm. I wonder if that makes it look a little better than average, mm. which would be a bit more... Mm. I'm not convinced that the modelling is particularly good because I, I suspect... Um, okay, so my results. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. I using the speedtest.net website which is mm-hmm. a, a readily available it, it has servers all over the place it compare you can it hooks up to and 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 
tests uh, download speed. I get 4.78 megabits per second. Right. And what's your median speed in your area? According to my broadband? Mm-hmm. 22.69. Right. But see, this is, this is the oh. trick, right? So when we're talking about the median, and, and um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that everybody who's listening probably remembers this from maths class, but it's not the sort of thing that you remember. Mm. Median doesn't mean average, and it doesn't mean that most people have it. It means right in the middle. So if you have one lucky person mm. with 22, and you have, oh, sorry, with 20, and one lucky person with, say, one, right, then the median is is in the middle of that. Yes. Right. So it was it's distorted by it, maybe it, there's yeah. two people with twenty two, and one yeah. person you with just one. Need, you just need just one need or two lucky people to to stuff that around in your in your street, yeah. right? Which yeah. is all, not all that much fun. Now, and the and the other thing that's worthwhile remembering as well is that um, I mean, for example, I I use an ISP that gives you the option when you log in to tune your connection for certain things. So in my connection, I've turned it so that it. Uh, I have reduced speed, Mm -hmm. but I have more um, continuous connectivity because I do a lot of online gaming, right? And even if I get, you know, blistering high speeds, if that goes down for two seconds or whatever, I don't want that because that'll knock me off the game. So maybe the company that you use might have something to do with it. Maybe there's something to check out with your profiles, et cetera. Now, I know very... um very well that my local exchange is just 500, 500 metres up the road. Yes. So I have a feeling, because it's, it, it's telling me that I'm, I should be getting 22 megabits per second, and that would be indicative of me being so close to the exchange, because ADSL does deteriorate over, over the space of That's the, right. um, uh, the, the distance covered. So being so close actually means I should get a pretty decent speed up to the... the theoretical maximum of well, ADSL, right? you'd think so. But, I mean, for example, how old would you say the suburb is, like the streets and the, the houses in your area? They're relatively well, well established, like, you know, yeah. 1950s, 60s sort of. So you're talking so about the, the quality of the copper then? Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. So yes. even though, um, even though you're, you're able to actually physically see your exchange from probably from your front door or not very far <laughs> away from your front door, yeah. um, oftentimes the, uh, the quality of the connection between you and that can have a big difference anyway. Hmm. So all things being equal, yeah, you shouldn't have found too much signal deg- um, degradation between you and the uh, and the exchange. But if there is just a little bit of shonky copper in there because your street is pretty old, then maybe that could affect it too. So this is the thing that kind of bugs me about this site, right? So it says, oh, yeah, you should be able to get this, you should be able to get that or whatever, right? You go to the FAQs, they're probably not what I'd say are very explanatory about that. They don't really sort of explain that, you know, that you can have that sort of thing. And it kind of bothers me because in all of the discussion about the NBN and everyone saying how great the copper is and stuff, Mm. no one ever talks about the fact that um, a lot of the copper that is in our neighbourhoods, especially if you are in an older neighbourhood. Yep. Is not that great. Yeah. And the thing about it is when my broadband was promoted last week by, by Turnbull, it was sort of suggested that it was real-life information or real-life data that, that was being used. I don't get that impression from the information that I'm seeing myself. Like, unless uh, out of all the houses in my area or <laughs> between me and the exchange... You're the unlucky one. There aren't many. Um, it just so happens that my copper is, is not that good. Um, 
yeah. it's not it's look it's not only you there's been a uh, a blogger who's um been collecting data from a number of users and so far they've got about 688 users and they've mapped the speed that people have reported that they came from adsl and by and large they're getting significant the majority and that's 90 percent of people who have reported in are saying they're getting far lower than the median so there are a few um i guess outliers that are above the median probably around the 10% mark, but mm. 90% are under, and some of them are, you know, some of them are just under, but most of them are, are like this waterfall cascading all the way down to very, very low speeds. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I would be right down the bottom. So yeah. it was a graph of, this is the this is a line of what my broadband actually has, and it's just a straight um, mm. sort of line diagonally across the graph, and then a whole bunch of dots of what it, where my value should have been versus where, where it actually That's was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really telling just in that graph format, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess you've got to be careful because this is what people report. And, you know, and there are some verbatim comments in there. And um, one of them, you know, was relating to the fact that, um, uh, you know, wait, wait until it rains because then the speed goes down from six meg to nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it wasn't raining when I did my speed test, by the way. Just, just. I've, I've never correlated speed to weather conditions, mm. but uh, next time it rains, I might do a speed test and see. Mm. be interesting. Indeed. You're listening to TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9, where we're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets, internet connectivity, and uh, we've got um, a little bit more to talk through. Uh, we've got a special guest later on in the show, uh, 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 Laurent Farchi. He's an app developer mm. who has been busy developing an app for uh, finding gay venues, and we've got a bit of a, uh, a moment to talk to him about that. We will find all his secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll, and he'll tell us some secrets as well. The secrets <laughs> of Melbourne gay venues. This is TechnoGaze on Joy 94.9. TechnoGaze. That's right, you are listening to Joy 94.9. Well, we're covering some of the latest in technology here on Technogaze. Michael, Mark and Rainer in the studio with you today. And uh, we've been talking a bit about the My Broadband website, of course, and NBN and uh, those kinds of things. I think there's been a bit of uh, some controversy going on down in Tasmania, though. What with um, the NBN, that was one of the first locations for the NBN to be rolled out to, wasn't it? That's right. And it was going to be the state that was going to be first to be wholly connected to the NBN. So um, not a lot in the way of... um of you know population down there as as I'm sure you probably know and so it's actually a pretty great place to um, to test things out and try stuff, mm. um, but unfortunately it looks like of course with the uh, with with all of the uh, changes now to uh, to the coalition's plans and everything that uh, they're going to go back on what people were expecting mm. there will not be a continued fibre rollout they will um, go exactly what it says in the uh, in the um, contract and the contract didn't say yes we will roll out fiber it just said yes we will roll out some technology so <laughs> so of course now they're going back uh, um, so what it's a case of reading the fine print i guess so that's right so um and now what's happening is that uh, some contractors are now um pretty grumpy they're seeking compo they have gone and parked their lovely white vans out in front of uh, of salamaker place which is quite close to parliament yes to express their displeasure there is, and this is um, quite timely for Tasmania too, because they've got a state election ha- coming up as well. I think. What fantastic timing that is! Mm. <laughs> Why That's not right. Put so, it and look, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a thing now. Um, the the premier down there, Lara Giddings, they've got a, a Labor government or a Labor Green coalition at the moment. In fact, mm. um, 
obviously it would look really good if uh, if Premier Giddings could hang on to uh, to the NBN as hard as she can and guarantee that there will be fast broadband getting to Tasmanian customers. Yep. Um, and in fact, Will Hodgman, who is the uh, the leader of the opposition, has uh, kind of quietly made some mumbles that might suggest that it could cost him the election if it is not handled well. Yes. He... So it's a big issue down there in good old Tassie. Hmm. Well, hopefully it does make a difference uh, um, to, you know, that's democracy at work, isn't it, when uh, uh, issues are brought to the forefront? Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens as a result Mm. of that. Indeed. Now, uh, shall we move on to some non-government, non-political stuff? Um, Samsung have uh, got into the news this week, what with the next version of their um, their, Galaxy S5. A, uh, uh, their next iteration of their flagship phone. Mm. Um, and they've also released details of a new watch, I believe. That's right. The Gear 2. Hmm. Following on the... Six- oh, hang on. No, it's not successful Gear 1, is it? <laughs> it, it is the successor, perhaps. <laughs> but it's... Uh, or the no, nail in the coffin. <laughs> it was not. In fact, we reported some time ago that um, that the watch was not selling very well, and in fact, it was getting lots and lots of returns, which is a uh, pretty pretty uh, sad indictment of how it was going. Um, but this watch is different, so it doesn't run Android. It runs this new operating system called Tizen. Yeah, which is specific for watches, I think. Well, it's a, it's a Samsung homegrown operating system that they're looking to uh, push a little bit in conjunction, obviously, with Android and Windows Phone because they have a number of operating systems on their devices. And this is the first device, I believe, that they've released with it. Right. Hmm. So it's pretty exciting. Um, if you if you do check out a quick Google, I mean, you can, uh, you can see there's quite a lot of things going on. It's not just Samsung involved, but it looks like Samsung has done, as Samsung does, and put quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of effort into putting their own spit and polish on it. So... Hmm. Um, it's interesting that they've chosen to to move away from Android. In fact, well, um, maybe maybe it's maybe it's not the appropriate option for a watch, right? Mm. Like, obviously, they've put a lot of effort into you know this this very um, minimal sort of that's right, processing that's right, requirements, which, I guess. Yeah, and I think when we were talking about watches last time, we were saying, well, you know, that's great, but you don't really want to be interacting with your watch for ten minutes at a time. You need it to be quick and simple. Yes, so. and I wonder whether Tizen, from a power perspective, is um, you know a lot better because the new watches claim to have two to three days between uh, battery charges. Well, that's pretty good as well because I wouldn't want to feel like I have to charge my watch at work. Uh, yeah, as often as I break. have to charge my Android phone. Yeah, that's right. Um, the new version of the watch comes in two varieties: one with camera, one without. Mm-hmm. So right. the cheaper one without camera. Mm. Camera on your watch. Yeah. Good for selfies. Oh. Yeah, and for spine. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, where's your arm resting? Well, it used, to, it used to be on the band. It's now on the watch body itself, but it's right. done in such a way that you can hold your, your hand out fairly flat, I think, and take a photo in front or twist it in behind that mm. type of thing. Yeah. I'm going to look out for people in weird arm positions from now on. <laughs> weird Keep watch. an eye out. <laughs> um, more Samsung. Yes. Samsung Galaxy S5. Ah, yes. Mm. Now, were the rumours true? Depends which rumour you listen to, I guess. Is it bigger? It's, yes. It's slightly that bigger. That rumour was true. 5.1 inches instead of the 5 inch. Yeah, but it's got the same all. resolution, so it's uh, people were expecting, uh, I guess, a bit more bit more pixel density. Didn't yeah. happen. Processor um, speed is up, as you'd expect. Yep. So it's a 2.5 quad core. Um, I think the previous one was around about 2.2 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. Something now, like there that. was a good rumour about a uh, fingerprint scanner, but instead of the one like Apple where you put your finger on the sensor and hold it there for a second. Mm-hmm. This one you swipe across. 
Right. That sounds like a patent avoiding gesture if ever I've heard yes. one. <laughs> Um, but it's it's apparently uh, that's how it works. Which way do you swipe across? Like from left to right or something? No, up to um, down, I think. Oh, okay. You would do it. But, you know, um, PCs, sorry, notebooks have had those type of fingerprint sensors for a while. And in that's my experience, true. they haven't worked all that well. No. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe the technology has changed and the mm-hmm. processing capability is a lot better to recognise it. But that's it'll cool. be interesting. The, uh, the camera is now a 16 megapixel camera, which um, uh, Samsung say that you can record 4K video on. Cool. Wow, 4K. Yeah. Now, one other thing about this phone is, uh, like a couple of the other Samsungs that we've heard about, it is water resistant, so you can throw it in three feet of water for up to 30 minutes. So unlike Apple, they don't have a little moisture sensor in the uh, headphone jack, it, I It's guess. possible that they have a water sensor somewhere, but it, it's uh, obviously if it's going to, be, um, going to be resistant to water, then the, Which is really handy, actually. Mm. Mm. Very, mm. very handy. Mm. Mm. One thing is, is always with my Apple phone is, you know, to keep it away from the elements. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Indeed. Now, um, speaking of Apple and iPhones, mm-hmm. we can't let it go this week. Um, <laughs> there's been a few security concerns around the, the iPhone or the iOS platform. In fact, not and just... And Mac OS X as well. Indeed. Which mm. shows they show, share some code. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, particularly around the Safari browser and the SSL engine behind it. That's uh, right. So there was a bug, and apparently that bug has been there for some time, mm-hmm. and the bug bypasses the little check that says, hey, this certificate that you're presenting me that says that you are who you say you are, um, that check isn't being done correctly when this bug is in place, mm. which is not very good. So um, it can't prove that the, uh, that the server actually has the private key that it says that it's got the public key. Sorry, that it says that it's got on its uh, on its certificate matching its public key. Is this a Safari only thing? If you use another browser, is it, does no. it work? Well, I, I believe other browsers on Mac OS and even on iOS they do it they, their own way. They do SSL validation their own way. But if it's an inbuilt app like Mail, for uh, example, or yeah. other yep. other SSL enabled, um, then they use the native systems. API. They use the name, no, yeah, what's, yep. what Apple provides, and therefore yep. you're, you're stuck mm. with that. So the, the actual concern is around what's called man-in-the-middle attacks. That's so right. So what can be done with this, um, with this particular bug is uh, a person upstream of you in, on your network mm-hmm. is able to intercept the request that you made over SSL and s- say to your browser... Actually, this is the correct SSL certificate to use, not yep. the one that uh, that was provided by the yes. by the original. And because site. the attacker knows that your computer will never bother checking, yes. it doesn't matter what the key says or what it looks like or anything. And, it's and just that, no, totally, this is me. Yes, so that's the bug that's in in Safari, which is pretty scary. Very scary, um, and of course now they've released a patch for iOS you and OS ten as yeah. well. OS ten is is out yep. too. Yeah, yes. so um, I I patched it last night. On yep. my iOS devices, I haven't done my my laptop yet, mm. but it's definitely something to do because you will not be very secure until For you do. Sure. Now, now, if you are um, wondering if you've done the patch correctly or if you're not sure or whatever, you can go to a website called go to fail g o t o f a i l dot com. Do it in Safari if you're on your computer. Mm-hmm. Do it in Safari if you're on your phone. Because uh, Chrome doesn't show you those things, uh, Firefox either, anything like that. But it will actually show you via a big scary red banner that says you really should patch your computer right now. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, uh, just go ahead and use the instructions on your computer um, under the Apple menu. The timing of it is interesting. Apparently the bug appeared 
around the same time that Apple is supposedly signed up to the NSA program. Creepy, isn't it? Mm. Now, if, if you like your tinfoil hats, as Mark certainly does, um, <laughs> then you can probably read quite a lot into that. I would suggest that maybe the least conspiracy theory but most uh, realistic way to think about it is to say, well, maybe the NSA knew about the bug and knew that it was exploitable and chose not to tell anybody about it because it was an interesting little thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 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 Um, it's also possible that they knew absolutely nothing about it and never exploited it, but that doesn't seem likely considering that leak where they said, yeah, totally, we've got a backdoor into Apple, ha-ha. And this is a concern, the biggest concern about the NSA leaks is around the fact that they know about all these vulnerabilities and they're a government agency, they, they're taxpayer-funded, and they are actually working essentially against a lot of US corporations in terms of security. So... Um, there's, uh, I guess, some moral concern around that. Um, at the very least, that's what they are shown to have been doing, you know, and they actively go after bugs and that sort of thing as well. We don't really know what they do, which is, you know, talk about lack of transparency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Gaze here on Joy 94.9. In a few moments, we're going to have Laurent Farchi here to talk about the uh, his, his latest app that he's been developing. He's a bit of an app developer um, in his spare time. Yeah. And he's got a lot of interesting sort of anecdotes about how yeah. he's gone about doing this particular app. It's called What's On. So we'll um, have him in the studio in a few moments. Um, if you'd like to contact us while we're in the studio here, you can do so 0427JOY949 or email us on air at joy.org.au and we'll be back with more in a few moments. Technologies. Joy 94.9, you're listening to Technogaze, where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets and technology. Uh, now, of course, we should mention we're not just Joy 94.9 today, we are also... In Sydney. Uh, in Sydney, we're broadcasting out to uh, the Sydney Star Observer digital... Yeah, how cool. Um, pop-up radio station. That's right. So that's that's been running for a few weeks now and it's going to run for a couple weeks more, I think, and it is your sex, sexuality and gender diverse station. Indeed. Um, how exciting. And there are lots and lots of shows from us and also everyone else around the country. Well, it's a very exciting time. One of the reasons why the digital pop-up um, station is in place is for Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my announcer voice on, didn't I? And Mardi Gras. <laughs> no, I shouldn't put my <laughs> Mark announcer voice on. <laughs> and, of course, Mardi Gras is, there's a uh, commentary being done via, uh, tonight. Yes, from 6pm. In, in, uh, on Joy 94.9 and mm-hmm. through Star Observer Digital. Mm-hmm. And, and all over social media as well. Indeed. So one suggestion that was made was turn on SPS on the TV and turn us on for audio oh. and have a, and have a great time. best of both worlds. That's right. Pictures and sound. <laughs> yes. We have a guest today. We do. We, um, today we have a uh, special guest, Lauren. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> you, Thank you. You you look scared. Why why are you scared? <laughs> oh, it's his first time. Yeah, it's first time. Be gentle. Yeah. Now, Lauren, you're you're a, an app developer in your spare time, perhaps you could say. Yeah, exactly. I just uh, made an app in my spare time. <laughs> it's a very cool one. And by day, you're a bit of an IT professional as well. Yeah, that's a boring life. Yeah. I sense I sense a slight accent though. Yeah, I'm actually French. Ooh. Mm, okay. So so you're here in, in Melbourne. Um, you've come to visit us here um, on, a, on a semi-permanent basis, I presume. Um, well, I've 
Well, I've been transferred by my company here, right. so I will stay quite a long time. Fantastic. And 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 in the process of coming here, I, I believe you you have a bit of a. a a, a story to tell you you came here um what nine months ago I'm yeah saying? nine months ago basically i I just left paris with my hand luggage um i didn't know anyone in melbourne yes so i had to start everything again making friends and everything it's always yeah. a scary prospect isn't it when when traveling you know you, you speak to anyone who travels and uh, mm. you know even if you might have one or two friends in the city that you travel to already it's it's just forming your, yeah, your social group, and it's it's you. it's hard as well when you go to another city, isn't it? To uh, to sort of figure out who's who and where's what and what's going on where and where all the cool places are, right? Yeah, indeed, and especially in Melbourne, uh, it's a, such a wide city, and I, I actually didn't know how to, where to go. And uh, it's also it's it's why I made this app actually just to, to kind of list all the cool venues I I can go to. Right. Uh, so I guess what you you saw a need. Yeah. Of, of of you know you personally mm. uh, wanted to find out more information you you thought as an app developer i could solve this problem exactly hence the the uh the bearing of what's on right exactly. which is the name of the app yeah that's the name of the app and um yeah basically uh, even though when i was uh, talking to some uh, some 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 guys here they were telling me yes this is down and and okay but I, I, I really, I really didn't know where else to go apart from the people telling me where to go. So we're talking about venues, uh, particularly gay venues or, yeah. or or friendly venues where where you might want to go have a drink or go to various parties. It's mostly oriented for parties, mm-hmm. mostly clubs. To be honest, um, uh, yeah, it's gay, gay, lesbian, mm-hmm. GLBT venues. Yeah. Okay, so. I I would imagine there's different ways of obtaining this information of you know because you could go out to the venues themselves and try to get them to enter information in about what yeah. parties are on what nights and that sort of thing but that would perhaps be a little bit onerous. Yeah, it would be and it would be very time consuming as well mm. and uh, not really real time. Right. So um, what I did is just sourcing the information from Facebook automatically okay so it's gathering real time the information from facebook so the venues we don't have to do anything mm. basically yeah because they're all keeping that information up to date by themselves right indeed perfect yeah and so for venues not on there can they sort of use the app to inform you about an upcoming you know event or party so they can get onto the app yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You can definitely do that. Right. Now, I had a look at the app myself. It's it's available on the Apple App Store yeah. um, today. And um, you've got images, you've got descriptions as well mm-hmm. for each uh, for each party that, that's that's listed there. Is that all sourced from, from Facebook? Yeah, it's all automatically sourced from Facebook. I can also manually some add some pictures and so on. But there is a lot of cool, other cool theater in the app because mm-hmm. it's not only the listing of the parties. You can also see the pictures from Instagram about the party. And you can okay. also see the people that are attending to the party. Ah, and right. there's some cool over functionality that are coming. Well, I, I could imagine, um, like, one of the challenges would be perhaps, and particularly in Melbourne, there's often venues that have different um, different uh, uh, nights for different oriented people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there might be a gay night at a particular venue, but the next night it might be might be not so gay. Is there anything that you sort of do to... to f- 
figure that out to, to, to try and determine whether it is a gay, gay night or not? I yeah, mean, it, that's, it, it, it would have to be an automated process, right? Yeah, that's a very techy thing. To <laughs> it's, it's in the background, there is a kind of batch that is screening the people attending to these parties. And basically, it's telling me the ratio between girls and guys. And from that, I can figure out and flag the party that may not be gay and just take them out of the app. Right. Okay. So it's really making the most of the information that, that becomes available through through Facebook anyway, which is, I guess, semi-public information already. Yeah, it is, definitely. Okay. Are there any other sort of apps around that are similar to this in, in, in this regard? I mean... I actually, um, I had a look uh, here in Australia. I had a look in France, obviously, and um, I didn't really find that kind of app, mm-hmm. especially for gays. To be honest, all the, 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 the apps that I've been seeing, they're very bad. Yep. Uh, they're not up to date. They're not listing all the venues. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see any, really. Right. I think using Facebook is a very smart idea because a lot of um, venues use their Facebook page to publicise what's going on and therefore it's in their best interest to keep it up to date. Mm. And this is not another chore that they have to do to go say, oh, yeah, I need to update what's on as well and forget to do it and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit unusual here because I'm the only non-iPhone user. <laughs> any, any plans to come out on Android? Yeah, well, see, Android is yeah, it's a different technology mm. and um, see, my plan is really to get these apps uh, very, very good on iPhone and right. very well done. And after, I will definitely do it on Android. Looking at Android, okay, yeah. cool. Have you done any iPhone apps before? Or is this your first one? No, I done. I've done one. Um, it didn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was on a very different, uh, different category. Yeah. It was around deals and stuff like that. And, and mm-hmm. how do you find the learning curve? I mean, I imagine it'd be different if it was your whole day job, but you're doing it in your spare time. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, see, so it's why I have to really manage carefully my time. Yeah, and it's um, but I, I, I'm really committed in uh, in uh, in making this up, uh, make, taking some real real time to 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 make this up very very good. To be honest, yeah, right. Now, um, I believe you've also got some new features uh, planned. Um, I saw in a uh, sort of a description of the app um, the uh, concept of iBeacon technology. Yeah. Now, this is a it's been around for a while, hasn't it? iBeacon has been sort of uh, touted as being a, a, a next level sort of identity. I don't know how you describe mm. it, but location aware sort of system where your phone can, in fact, maybe you're in a coffee shop or something and you mm. can um, uh, say to your phone, um, you know, identify that I'm here at, via this iBeacon, uh, which is a device that's actually sitting in the in the coffee shop itself are you looking at this sort of technology for for what's on yeah definitely it's and uh, there will be a new update of the app in about two days all right and that will make the app uh compatible with ibacon technology ibacon technology basically uh, it has been uh, out for about a year and a half mm-hmm. um it's really really clever uh basically the only thing that you have to do is to put a bluetooth device in a club which is very very small mm. and um, that works on battery and it's just a, a kind of bluetooth tensor and for example with Watson each time you're going to get in, in a club you could receive a message saying like welcome to this club and so on mm. or um, sending you the last uh, promotion and also doing an automatic check-in 
And um, if doing that, basically in the app, you will be able to talk to the people that are in the club. Mm. Uh, that's the local grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Very local grinder. That's cool. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? So grinder really works off GPS at the moment, and it's very hard when you're inside a gay venue or anywhere else to to talk to people in the same venue, right? And it's almost like this eye beacon technology might might actually help um, with that, yeah. help help it out because it's, it's often the case when you go out to a venue, you recommend it a venue, or you know you should be there, but then when you get there, you're like, well, what do I do now? You know, do I have a drink? <laughs> do, I, do I go up and make myself look silly in front of those locals over there? I mean, well, maybe yeah. the app could send you a message with your iBeacon that says, hi, what's on user? Here's your free drink card or mm, something, and you yeah. know what to do. I could imagine that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Indeed. Well, that's uh, very interesting, and it's it's. I, I love the fact that you've created this app based on your own experience and the fact that, you know, you've you've sort of seen a need. Um, and it's very specific to the, to the almost... Uh, very specific to the gay community here in uh, well across, across the world, I guess is is that that idea of meeting people around yeah. uh, around the world. So good work. <laughs> now the, so I was going to ask, how do, how do we spell what's on if people want to look it up? Good question. Uh, what what is it? How do you spell the? the so it's W A T S O N. Right. Right. It's, it's available on the App Store today. This is Techno Gaze here on Joy ninety four point nine, where we're covering some of the latest in technology. Gadgets and consumer electronics. We'll have some more of that in a few moments. You are being watched. The government has a secret system, a machine that spies on you every hour of every day. I know because I built it. <laughs> Can I just say how much I like that show? It's Person a of interest. Awesome show. Person yeah. of interest. But while it stays fictional. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may not be so fictional. And this is the thing, right? So we saw uh, one of the news items that came up during the week this week, another one that's a bit bit about spying, right? Yeah, so just news news comes out, it seems like, every day now about uh, things that people have done thanks to uh, Snowden and pals. Um, GCHQ, mm-hmm. so that's Britain's uh, spy agency there, have intercepted lots of people's webcam chats from Yahoo and stashed away some still images of them. It's like chat roulette for spies. (laughs) Well, That's actually a very apt description of it, isn't it? So this is really concerning. Yahoo uh, chat is Mm. obviously breakable, as in it's not particularly secure, the ability to intercept images that are going over over the webcam um, feeds. That's right. And it was doing it quite randomly. So what it was doing was getting one image every five minutes from just randomly selected chats that could be, you know, having a video chat with your nan. Oh, God. Could be having a special little time with someone special. Could be, like, <laughs> it could have been anything that you were doing. Could have been playing chess with your granddad. Like, I don't know what. Um, and, and I think the point of this was, according to the news article, which was on, on The Age this week was um, they were actually testing out some facial recognition software. Mm-hmm. Again. Just testing. Person of interest. Just testing. This is exactly what the whole idea of the the TV show Person of Interest and this machine, the supposed machine which communicates with the, uh, the main characters of the show uh, via text message or via, via phone calls or whatever, they're just sending out you know, random information. Yeah, it's all based on facial recognition and, and being able to get access to any 
version of the video or yeah. any, any anywhere that video is being now, transmitted. There is quite a bit of Hollywood magic going on with that show. Sure. Still. Yes, it's very spy-esque and like, you know, um, an amazingly 007-like spy character who can just kill anyone, essentially. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, this this sounds like it's a little bit more mundane. It's still pretty creepy, though. Um <laughs> If they're just looking for... Testing out their spatial recognition. Um, yeah, for what end? What, what What's this spatial recognition software supposed to be doing? Is it just going to be the next step to obtain video feeds from other video sources? Well, I'm sure, you know, the UK is renowned in terms of having uh, closed-circuit TV coverage as the oh, biggest per capita in the world. Absolutely everywhere. Yeah, and I'm sure they're using facial recognition to uh, keep an eye out for people that they want to track. Mm. You know? Potential terrorists and other people of interest. Mm. <laughs> Person of interest. That's yes. right. Now, um, a little bit closer to home, there's been uh, actually just over the last 24 hours, there's been information or news of drones being um, being utilised here in Australia by the Australian Federal Police. Yes, um, they've come out with a fairly clear statement and they say, uh, we currently use UAV to image crime scenes where it's lawfully under a warrant. So we have a lawful authority to be present here. Mm. And they've also gone on to say that if they were to expand their use of drones to include covert uh, surveillance, it would need to get a warrant. So it sounds like... <laughs> what, Raina? No, no, I, yeah, I get you, but... You don't believe them? Well, I'm just saying, like, the, the, the Australian military and police and stuff lately have not had such a great track record with knowing where the boundaries are for, you know, countries or... <laughs> countries. For example, are they going to have such a good track record if, you know, let's send up some drones and, uh-oh, it's just flown right over Melbourne and captured 50 people's heads. You know what I mean? Like it's GPS must have been just out of sync there. Whoops. Oh. Or maybe we didn't look at it at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's worrying. I mean, yeah, it's 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 good that that protection is there and they're not just going to go ahead and do whatever, but gee whiz. Mm. Yeah. And while we're on the um, tinfoil hat big data topic, <laughs> what's this um, ov- ovuline? Ovuline. <laughs> So if if you are a uh, a lady and uh, or or if you are anyone with a uterus in fact and you ovulate um <laughs> Which which many of us do. So um, it, it, what it does is it actually keeps track of of your you know your cycle and all the rest of it. So it helps women get pregnant and um, and there's quite a lot of data about quite a lot of quite a lot of people in yeah. this thing that says you know they're, they're doing such a huge study. Now Ovulin is an app that has been downloaded about three hundred thousand times and uh, its users it says are adding one million data points every two and a half days right. or two hundred and fifty per minute, which is a lot of information. Um, about that. So they're claiming that they've helped uh, 50,000 users get pregnant in the last 18 months. What's really interesting about this is normally in terms of uh, medical studies where you know, you're trying to gather information to help people, in this case, get pregnant, they mm. have several hundred participants. Here we've got hundreds of thousands of participants contributing to it, and that's what's seen is making them far more successful than other things. That's exactly right. Imagine if you're a researcher wanting to get access to this information. It'd be, it'd be amazing. Like, and, and to also monetize at the same time or perhaps just make a, an app for it. I, I don't know if it's being monetized or not, but it could well be. Mm. I um, think in their case, just to get the results and then to perhaps use that commercially to help other people who aren't using the app to uh, get pregnant is probably going to be enough of a you know of a funding boost to them. 
What's interesting, it's not only for um, people who want to get pregnant, it's also for pregnant women as well. So they can virtually in real time put in some symptoms, put in some concerns and see whether this um, symptom of concern is typical at that mm. stage of pregnancy or not. Yeah. And... You, can, you yep. can even hook it up with your Fitbit or your jawbone um, sensors and, and possibly some others as well. So if you've got one of those health sensors, it can actually use the data that it gets from there, like your sleep mm. patterns or whatever it is, or how much exercise that you're getting and sort of combine that with what it's going, what, with what it's gathering. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And it uses gamification techniques to help encourage women to actually use the app and to feed data into it, which is pretty cool. Mm, that is kind of cool. At the same time, I mean, you kind of wonder um, what happens with all that data when it's in the hands of a private organisation. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like a research. Mm. Uh, if it was a research institute or something, I would probably feel a little bit more okay with it because I would know that it had gone through some sort of ethics board or whatever free university. But um, when it's a, a startup company, I'm sure that they're doing all the right things, but um, it just doesn't feel like it has the same... Marching into the world of privacy. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think we've sort of lost that that need perhaps to to avoid... Uh, giving all the information in the world about us, just yeah. for you know, because it, and it's always the way, right? Facebook and and apps like this um, work from giving you something that you need or that you want. Yeah. You you want to know how to get pregnant. And I mean, what what could be more positive than helping someone who really wants to be a parent mm. get there? Like, yeah. that's pretty fantastic. Yep. That's right. On the topic of, uh, I think I saw um, earlier during the week as well the idea of big data and mm. oysters. <gasps> oysters <laughs> down in Tasmania, in fact. These are That's the right. shucking type oysters. These are the shucking type oysters. That's right. You can shuck oysters all day in Tassie if you want. Yeah. The um, there is a uh, a farm down there called Barilla, and uh, they're quite well known for their oysters, and uh, they are part of a trial that. Uh, involves putting little sensors on the back of these oysters so that uh, the oyster farmer can tell what the water conditions are doing. You can measure the heartbeat of the oyster, mm-hmm. um, whether they're opening or closing their shells, which is related to their feeding. Wow, that's amazing. That is pretty cool. Um, and a lot of this data is being gathered so that um, they can sort of see partly, you know, on a farm basis what's going on, but also just gather a bit more information about, you know, oysters all across the state. Um, and it's the same sort of technology that we, we heard um, back in... January or I think November about the same thing happening with bees. Mm. So the same mob are doing it. They're called Sense T. They're part of the University of Tasmania and a couple of other um, connected things in the CSIRO and uh, and they're just getting involved in having all these um, internet enabled sensors on things like grapes and you know bees and and oysters and stuff to help predict how how those things are working. All the important things. Honey, wine and oysters. <laughs> That's pretty much pretty much three great reasons right now to jump on a plane for Tassie, I think. <laughs> the only trouble is when I open my next oyster and instead of finding a pearl, I'm going to find a little microchip, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the point is they're not going to put the chips on absolutely every single oyster, so it could be could be possible that the uh, the chipped oysters might get to avoid your plate, but um, but it's still really super good to uh, to see what's going on with with that kind of thing. Um, they are going to be doing these studies for some time. Yep. Um, and uh, a lot of the agriculture stuff that they're working on is going to be a long-term sort of thing. So it's really good to see that happening. Right. Mm. Yes, it, it's it's good to see that, you know, the Internet of Things or that sort of concept of gathering data yep. so prevalently is, is actually, you know, being used for good as well as evil. 
Yeah, well, certainly with the bee situation, um, we care a lot about bees because they pollinate plants and we eat a lot of plants as well as honey. And We need bees. That's right. And, and we all know that if, if bees disappear, then uh, something terrible will happen. Mm. This is uh, Technogaze here on Joy 94.9. We're almost out of time. We, we need to uh, wrap up the show in a few moments. Um, coming up in a, in a few moments as well is, of course, a Joy uh, news bulletin with uh, Shannon Gillies. And uh, coming up uh, just after that will be Pete Dillon with Cravings. Mm, Speaking oysters. of all these foods, <laughs> <laughs> oysters and grapes and so forth. If, if you feel at all hungry, you may as well stay tuned because... Uh, Pete does make you feel very, very hungry. That's or, right. At least he does with me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more in a few moments. Technogaz. Missed your favourite show? Head to the new Joy website and click on podcasts to catch up with the best Joy has to offer. Joy.org.au That's right, you are on Joy. Joy 94.9 and St- Sydney Star Observer Digital. That uh, is your sex, to... sexuality and gender diversation. <laughs> now we've, we're I almost out of time, uh, of course, for today's show. Um, as always, if you uh, have missed um, any part of the show and you'd like to catch up on um, on on anything that's happened during that's the show, right. you can do so by checking out the podcast, joy.org.au slash technogaze. Mm, we're on iTunes now too. We are on iTunes, mm. um, which is... Awesome. And, and we're Stitcher. also on Stitcher. Mm. How cool. Mm. We're everywhere. Um, coming up next is Pete Dillon with uh, Cravings, and that will be straight after a Joy News Borton with Shannon. Um, just to finish off the show, though. Yes, Mark. <laughs> what are we going to do? The top 10 NSA pickup lines. Oh, oh, my goodness. Thank you, Mr. Letterman. <laughs> this has been going around on Facebook. It's pretty good. Hilarious. We uh, what was what's number number ten, Michael? Baby, your Verizon phone isn't the only thing I want to tap. <laughs> number nine, I was going through your email and noticed you like cats too. <laughs> uh, number eight, we understand you so much better than the guy you're with now. Aww. Seven, girl, I can't wait to violate your privacy in real time. <laughs> Six, I've never met you and this is crazy, but I stole your number, so answer, baby. <laughs> uh, number number five, hey baby. What are you wearing? Just kidding. I already know. <laughs> Five. Next. I know exactly where you've been all my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, beautiful. Can I buy you the drink your last one night stand got you? We had you at hello. Oh, oh. And number one is, girl, you must have fallen from heaven because there's no tracking data to, in- to indicate how you arrived at this location. Oh, oh. so oh. bad. <laughs> Nerd central. Thank you, NSA. <laughs> On that note, catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Technol Gaze. On Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.